Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Italian Grand Prix edition. And you better get ready for this one, everybody, because we've got a lot to talk about. Again, 2021 is delivering for us F1 fans. And I, I hope we would, I hope we disagree. I'm, I'm hoping for arguments just to kind of represent F1 Twitter. Uh, so uh, I think we should probably start with saying hello to our Team WTF1 members who are watching this live. You can also be a part of Team WTF1 where you get live podcasts, exclusive events, like our Silverstone track experience coming up, as well as a competition to win an actual drive on the Mercedes F1 simulator. All you have to do is be part of Team WTF1. You can race for us in karting events as well. There's lots of stuff. But that's enough of Team WTF1. Let's talk about our three-word race reviews at Max Cerny official, a racing incident. Oh, just drop that in there. Just a big bombshell already. Love it. I agree. Chief Dot DJ Twins, Big Rick Energy. And at Phoebe Perks, everyone liked that. I'm assuming that's to do with Danny Rick winning rather than Verstappen and Hamilton crashing, although Netflix definitely liked that. If they well, show. huh? If they show it, because you know what? If it that, was like last course, year. Of course, of course. They, lo- they love, they love like ignoring the drama and doing like a, a special on something else it'd probably be a Giovinazzi episode where they're like going oh, 100%. Follow, following him in italy and whether he's going to lose and then there'll just be one like 30 second clip of Giovinazzi again oh look hamilton and verstappen crashed and then that's it i think that's great content i don't know what's <laughs> wrong with you to be honest yeah. uh, i'm up for more Giovinazzi. we've hardly seen him in the last yeah he deserves his own episode yeah. tommy you know, before he goes enough- Oh, oh, Max, I want to see more Max content to keep in the background. God, sorry, WTF1 founder as well, Tom Bellingham. Oh, uh, yeah, no, You're on thin ice there. Nearly lost my job. Okay, right, so let's start with my three-word race review, shall we? Uh, it happened again. Let's just dive straight in. We're not, we're not going to film for 20, 30 minutes talking about how we, how, how we are. We're going to go straight into the incident, because why not? Uh, of course, I'm talking about the crash between Verstappen and Hamilton. As soon as we saw it, as soon as it was side by side into turn one, it was inevitable that they were going to crash. And it genuinely was that the racing gods decided, racing gods or Netflix gods, pay people off, not sure. Both had slow stops. Of course, Hamilton's was a lot quicker than Verstappen's was. But they met in, they, just, they couldn't have been more perfect in terms of just this, this cauldron of chaos. Let's put it that way. And of course, they crashed. Not surprised, Verstappen, maybe Verstappen. What are you saying? I mean, but... that's quite good actually. I like Thank that. you. Verstappen. Uh, Verstappen. Michael, literally on the spot. with Michael Sassi. Yeah, it is yeah. Verstappen. Um, maybe this will become a thing. Anyway, Team WCF1 member Ricardo41 says, Why do the FIA feel like they have to penalize every incident? To me, wow, God, we need some proper rant music going on here. To me, this was the perfect opportunity to use the racing incident option. Neither driver won out in that scenario, and the reasoning on the FIA document seems odd given previous incidents this year. Norris Perez at Austria coming to mind. What has happened to the quality of race stewarding in the last few years? Mic drop. Have <laughs> uh, you really, uh, Phil? <laughs> well, I mean, from my perspective, I thought it was a racing incident. That was my immediate thinking was that look, they were side by side. Hamilton tried to give him some room, but also was squeezing. Verstappen was going for the move. It just, it, for me, it's a flat-out racing incident, and I'm not having anyone else tell me otherwise. It's my opinion. I'm allowed it. Uh, what do you think, Tommy? I also agree it's a racing incident. Um, of course you do, mate. Why? 
<laughs> you know. I'm, I'm joking. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, as soon as I saw it, you, you're right. It felt inevitable. You couldn't have, you couldn't have scripted it any better that they mo- both managed to have pit stops delayed at the perfect amount of time where they're going to come into the corner at exactly the same time. Um, in my opinion, Max, uh, you know, Max went for a move that was, you could say risky, but also it was on. You know, he, he's got overspeed going into the corner. We've seen people go around the outside there. It's not like, it's not like he's gone for an absolute wild lunge from miles back when he's never going to make the corner. The move was on. Um, and the reason I think it is a racing incident is because at the end of the day, it's two drivers who we've seen before in the season and, you know, aren't willing to give an inch. I think a lot of other drivers that we've spoken about it before um, would probably dive out the way because they know Verstappen's coming through no matter what. And it's clear now that Hamilton is the mindset where he goes, well, I'm going to lose the championship if I just keep diving out the way every time Max sends his car up the inside or outside of me. And I'm not going to take it. And they inevitably crash. And in my opinion, it's a racing incident. And the penalty is a bit of a joke, but we'll go into that later. Oh, a joke. <laughs> joke. Oh. Katie, any, any stronger words than that? I mean, before like chatting about whether it's a racing incident or whether a driver's to blame. Oh, come I'm on. Just, Don't I'm just me- what they want to know what you think, Katie. Well, my emotion, the first thing when it happened was just I was so angry and disappointed that it had actually happened because you know, it might be great for the narrative of the championship to have these two fighting for this championship. Max obviously going for his first, Lewis going for his eighth, which would make him the best of all time or greatest of all time. But like you say, it was just as soon as they got through turn one, maybe even before that, when you could see Verstappen coming up and Hamilton coming out of the pits, you just thought something's going to happen here. But yeah, going through turn one, it just, Hamilton squeezed, Max went for a move and I am of the opinion if we're gonna if I had a gun to my head and had to put blame on a driver I would say that it was more Verstappen at fault than Hamilton but I'm not putting the full blame with Verstappen because I both think they could have done things to have handled that situation differently um you know we've seen examples in Imola and even at the start of the race yesterday that Hamilton has backed off of moves to stop these crashes happening but, and, and you know, that's the reason with that chicane there that there is an escape road which Max could have gone down and avoided the whole thing and there would have been another opportunity, I'm sure, later on on that lap for them to try and go for another overtake. However, racing drivers aren't like that. You know, these are two guys that are fighting for a title Everything is being put on the line. F1 is very much a game of risk versus reward. And in that instance, both took a risk, expected the other to do something else, and they came together. Um, It's frustrating that now we're just going to have even more of this Hamilton hates Verstappen, Verstappen hates Hamilton. And we saw after Silverstone, like the amount of media that were asking them questions. Max even got really pissed off with it and said, look, enough is enough. I don't want any more questions on this. But then if they don't want more questions, don't crash into each other. It was, it's quite simple. But 
Um, yeah, obviously the nature of the accident made it look much worse than it is because of the curbing and then obviously going over and the tires brushing and lifting Verstappen up over the top of Hamilton's car. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in a bit that, you know, obviously so thankful that we have the halo because that would have, could have been absolutely disastrous. Um, but yeah, it, it's a shame because we had what was a brilliant race parts of it. Obviously the first bit was a bit dull, but a lovely race, a brilliant story with McLaren, yet we're sat here ranting again about Hamilton versus Verstappen. So in an ideal world, it wouldn't have happened. And, you know, these two drivers would have found elsewhere on the track to have a good overtake. But it did happen. And it's going to happen Verstappen again. got penalised for again. it. Yeah. And again, again. many times, because no one wants to back up. Yeah, and I want to see them race. It's a shame for them to crash out and us not be able to see wheel-to-wheel battle between Verstappen and Hamilton. But at the same time, it makes this season even more interesting, uh, in my opinion. And the fact I would like to see them race more, don't get me wrong, but the fact this happens, you just know that there's going to be more moments and things like that. So the reason why, going back to my Verstappen comment, is that, yes, I, I agree with Katie and I think a lot of people have the same mindset that it was more Max's fault because of the fact that he slightly misjudged it with the, the sausage curb, but it still doesn't deserve a penalty. Like it, you have to be predominantly at fault in order for it to mm, be a penalty. Yeah. So that's what the stewards basically deemed that. Did he hit that sausage curb? Because I've yeah. watched it back and I thought it was his rear tyre that hits Hamilton's rear tyre. I think he goes over the sausage curb and then the he's lost yeah, control from that and okay. then he's hit Hamilton's car and bounced up. So Are you that emotional, Tommy, that you haven't watched it back properly? Or? No, I've, wa- I've watched it a few <laughs> times and I have seen that, like... From the onboard, it it doesn't kind of get launched by the sausage. It's like his rear tire sort of rolls over Hamilton's really? and launches. Um, maybe I need to watch uh, it again. And you need to watch it again, Tommy. Uh, trust me, a hundred percent. It goes over the sausage curb, which okay. then causes him to hit Hamilton. Um, yeah, so it's 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 a weird one because I think that as much as Verstappen, I don't think deserved the penalty. I think if he continues to drive this way, he won't beat Hamilton. I just feel as though you know, not giving an inch when he's defending and whatnot, but then thinking that Hamilton's going to give him an inch when he goes for audacious moves, it's just not going to work. So unless he's crashing into Hamilton for the rest of the season for every single race, he'll be he'll be champion. But I don't know. I feel like he just needs to just rein it back just slightly. His aggressive driving style certainly puts him in a great position. You know, it, he's an incredibly quick driver. He can definitely win this world championship. But I think the mentality side of things and thinking I deserve space at all times, I don't know. I feel like that will maybe backfire on him later on in the season. Maybe when he's not fighting Hamilton, has a similar crash to that. And then Hamilton bags 25, 26 points, whatever. So, yeah, I I feel like his mentality maybe needs adjusting just a little bit. Would you guys agree? Yeah, it's one of those things, I guess, in his mind, he saw... You know, he's, he saw the red mist from the bodge pit stop. And I I do agree that it's a little bit more on Max's side because essentially he's going for the move, but he has every right to go for that move because there is a space there. Mm. Um, and, you know, you could equally argue, oh, well, Hamilton, why does Hamilton go across? Because they're racing drivers. Of course, Max is going to go for the move. And of course, Hamilton's going to squeeze him as much as possible. Like that was always going to happen. Like we said, the inevitability of it. It's just concerning that it almost feels now. And I don't want to compare the um, start 
incident because it's a completely different um, corner. It's a different type of corner. I've seen a lot of people trying to justify their thinking for that one by comparing it with the first one. And I don't think that's right because it's a completely different corner. But what I would say with that is that it's got it's almost got to the point now where you feel like every time Hamilton and Verstappen are together on track, even if it's not ending in a crash, it's ending in someone pushing the other wide, whether that's off the track, you know, or, or, or that. So a little bit concerning because yeah, we do want to see wheel to wheel racing. It would be nice for this championship where you get to see them maybe, you know, swapping corners, um, time after time it is amazing for the narrative of it being that kind of center and pros championship where it's so intense like we've not had an intense championship fight in so long in my opinion um you know you've had little bits but never like this um for many many years now so it feels a bit like rosberg hamilton to be honest where that started spilling over and they started crashing into each other and squeezing etc yeah, it doesn't feel like it has as much hostility, though. That's the thing. Like their interviews, <laughs> you know, we're all kind of being it, like, oh, you know, can we get some of that? It could be, though, that because they're not going back to the same garage after the race, like yeah, they, they can go off to their own separate camps, have their bitching mm. sessions and then come back to the next race. But They don't have Toto whipping them saying, no, you will. Yeah. You will be nice now. Yeah. Say everything right. Whereas <laughs> Toto is going to defend Hamilton and Horn is going to defend Max, whatever happens. Let's loop it back to the actual question, uh, which was from Ricardo 41, <laughs> um, about you know the actual penalty itself and why he was penalised as opposed to you know it being a racing incident. Well, I guess some people have asked as well about the penalty. I'm not sure if there is a question of that, about that coming up, but the reason obviously is that both of them were out of the race and therefore if the stewards deem Max Verstappen as at fault, they have to penalise him in some way. And I guess a three-place grid penalty is the equivalent of a 10-second time penalty in a race. So that's the reason why they gave him three places. But why they actually gave that, the only reason I can think was that they had just deemed him to have, you know, made that fall over the sausage curb and therefore, you know, wiped out Hamilton. And the consequence is never taken into account, even though I don't believe that as much as, you know, it, you know, that's the rules is that, you know, the consequence doesn't matter. It's just the actual driving and the action itself. But, you know, as Ricardo 41 says about Norris Perez at Austria coming to mind and, you know, kind of comparing it to different instances, it's very difficult because it's a different track, et cetera, et cetera. But that we have to take it. And that's that's about it, really. We can't. Uh, they can't, they could appeal it, couldn't they? Uh, I, I guess so. I don't think. It, yeah. I think Horner said he's not, though. Yeah, uh, which kind of suggests that he's like, oh, it is what it is. Because well, didn't um, he originally say it was a racing incident? That's why. So he believed it was a racing incident, but then maybe also feels that fair enough. Fair enough. If you got a penalty, got a penalty. It, it sets a precedent now, though, doesn't it? And going back to. Um, Ricardo 41's question I don't we we got we got to that point didn't we where they didn't feel the need to penalize um every incident this goes off on a bit of a tangent I've seen a lot of people mentioning and I think you mentioned it Matt as well that the Ocon Vettel incident was identical to the Charles Leclerc Hamilton incident Mm. and they let Charles get away with that one um and then they gave um Ocon a five place uh, sorry five second penalty um it, th- that era in like 2019, af- I think it was after Canada and the big Vettel controversy, they really did go for that IndyCar approach of sometimes you just crash and it's a racing incident. 
Yeah. And they just let, and now it seems the opposite where they want to do it. Um, it's, a, it's a problem though, isn't it? Like, yeah. I you don't can't want change that. stewarding like that when people, because that's, yeah, you know, I basically said it was a very, almost a carbon copy. I think, you know, some people are of the opinion that Ocon's was a bit worse because he came over from a while, you know, quite, he came over quite a lot. Then there was contact as opposed to squeezing. There wasn't actually contact, but Hamilton was still run out of road. Wasn't the a problem. Ferrari at Monta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Like, yeah. that's genuinely what people believe. And I'm not going to go against that. Because it's, it, well, I mean, it's, it's Italy. And you can understand maybe the pressure that they feel. They are only human. You don't want, I don't want to say the FIA are corrupt, but there's been many well, times. on to my next point, yeah. actually. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your next point, Tommy? Well, it's kind of part of the next question. Okay, let's go into that question then, uh, before we say the whole of a, the FIA is corrupt. <laughs> At Sam THFC <laughs> 90, uh, I didn't say it. Uh, was this penalty just to balance the books from Silverstone, so to speak? If anything, this event seemed far more middle ground and more of a racing incident. Again, we're in a very dangerous territory if we're balancing books um, because of, oh, we actually made a mistake in Silverstone or whatever. Let's do this. I don't want to say it. That's still kind of putting it into the corrupt book, in my opinion, and uh, whatnot, Tommy. Referees do, wanna, do it in football, don't they? Do you want to drop um, the headline, headline news? Well, what I will say is that there's not... It's not uncommon that we've seen incidents towards the end of the season get penalties to make the title close um and that has happened and i know a lot like i'm not one of those like wild conspiracy theorist people but i mean hamilton sorry tommy i was really enjoying that sorry carry on. uh hamilton has been on the end of it himself um if anyone's been watching f1 for a very long time uh, or doesn't remember this search um, the penalty that Sebastian Bourdais got at Fuji in 2008, basically to give Massa an extra place so the title was closer when it wasn't a penalty at all. Um, I saw something on Twitter as well. Someone mentioned that uh, there was an incident at Monza where Alonso was about 20 car lengths ahead of Massa in qualifying and they gave Alonso a penalty because it let, let Michael Schumacher catch up in the championship with Ferrari at Monza. These things do happen. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there is part of that. I'm not saying, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, the, the guy scandal, does, if that is the case, the, the absolute scandal. I think there'll be a little bit uh, thought of that. It's always happened in Formula One, whether people like it or not. You know, it's not going to get to the point where the final race, they'll just pretend that it's a uh, max is 25 points ahead going into the final race. They'll penalize them for absolutely no reason. It's not that. But I personally think when they've got a chance to keep the title close, that is part of, you know, the, something that they've got in their head to do it. They can do that. And I've personally seen it in the past, so it wouldn't surprise me. But then... I'm absolutely also. loving that tinfoil hat on the top of your head, Tommy. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it today. Katie, I can't wait for the comments. Have you got a tinfoil hat on as well? Or? Uh, well, I think people that listen to the podcast regularly know my opinion on the current state of uh, the FIA. Oh, hold, really... hold on. I'm just going to put myself on mute and put my feet up for 10 minutes. <laughs> no, no, no. This won't be a rant. This won't be a rant. <laughs> I promise. Yeah, go put the kettle on. Can I get a recap uh, from your previous rant? <laughs> oh, my God, no. Um, Last time. Yeah. <laughs> I think... 
going into 2022 with new regulations for the cars and the tech and everything like that, the rule book needs a serious overhaul as well, which we spoke about after Belgium Grand Prix. Um, and I would very much like it, whether this is Katie's dream world and, you know, I'm living in my own little reality, um, but having a clean slate almost of the rule book, I'm not saying obviously like just go flipping crazy and make whatever you want up, but something needs to change within the stewarding, whether, and we spoke about it before, but having a permanent ex F1 driver as a steward rather than changing it up every other race. Um, I think it was Luizzi who is um, there this weekend as like the ex-racing driver. Um, but yeah, it's getting silly now where... The Ipsy, the one on the stewards? I believe so, yeah. A previous Red Bull driver? I believe so, yeah. <laughs> that may, may have a slight <laughs> test for Red Bull after being dropped. Okay, interesting. Sorry, I'm just, I'm putting my tinfoil hat on now. Right, carry on. Let's <laughs> go. And yeah, it's getting to the point now where either they're giving out penalties that are consistent with other incidents and you can't really, unless it's literally mirror image of an incident, you can't really be comparing one incident to another and, you know, giving the same penalty out like for this one, for example, obviously the crash at Silverstone was deemed to be racing incident but more Hamilton's fault which is why he got the penalty and in this they've deemed it as Verstappen's fault more and he's got the penalty and like we'll, I'll go into a bit more <laughs> I promise this isn't a run but I'll go into a bit more why they gave him the penalty um although you did touch upon it earlier Matt but yeah it's just getting to the point now where things are either being kept consistent for the wrong reasons or there's no consistency at all there's no middle ground and nothing that in my eyes is fair and yeah to me that's that's worrying um and the FIA and I'm surprised by this they penalized Verstappen for causing the incident but they didn't look at what I would deem as dangerous in the post-incident things where Max Verstappen obviously got out of his car and Hamilton, I'm sure from where he was sitting, he had a freaking car on his head. So he's obviously not going to be able to see Max trying to get out the car. But obviously we could see Hamilton was trying to reverse to get back onto the racing, uh, you know, back onto the grid and, and race again, um, which was dangerous. But the fact that Verstappen got out the car, he didn't go to the back wall past the marshal that was there. He walked onto the track, which to me is something that's not even really being picked up like picked up on at all and I, I personally I might just be a massive drama queen and overreacting to this and I know that there would have been yellow flags waved and people would have been going going slowly and I think the safety car was brought out at this point but drivers should not be walking on the track during the middle of a Grand Prix you know I find that very dangerous um and you can even see the marshal yelling at Max saying, come back, come back here. And he, Max has obviously seen red, he's pissed, he's walking off, that's fine. Um, but I'm surprised that that hasn't been looked into. Um, and I'm also reading <laughs> the chat and people are going off saying, this will not be a rant. Also, Katie. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, the reason that the the three place grid drop was given according to the rule books is that if it is a 10 second stop and go penalty or 10 second penalty, like we saw with Hamilton in Silverstone, if we're comparing that incident, is it says that if the driver is given this penalty during the last three laps of the race or as a post-race penalty, 30 seconds is added to their final race time. Obviously, with Max and Lewis out of the race, it says um, if any of the above penalties are handed out after a driver has retired, from the race the stewards can then convert it into a grid penalty at the next race which is obviously what's been done there um but yeah max gets two penalty points for that which is his first penalty points in a long long time like i think almost two years so um i'm not saying that that makes max any less at fault comparing to somebody like hamilton who i think is probably on about four or six penalty points i'm not comparing the two but you know this is the first time max has been has done something that the fia have deemed to be dangerous um and has been penalized for it in that sense anyway thank you goodbye <laughs> interesting thank you katie um uh, should have got a cup of tea but <laughs> i'm really sorry i'm gonna have a big drink now <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding everyone loves it um we interrupt this wtf1 podcast for a very quick chat about one of our sponsors for this episode express vpn Going online without ExpressVPN is like using your smartphone without a protective case. Most of the time, you'll probably be fine, but all it takes is one accidental drop onto solid concrete to make you wish you had protected yourself. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack somebody. Just some cheap hardware is needed, even a smart 12-year-old could do it. And your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal information on the dark web. So why use ExpressVPN? Well, it has an encrypted tunnel, it's super secure, easy to use, and works on all devices, phones, laptops, tablets, and more, so you can stay secure on the go. I personally love using ExpressVPN as it's versatile, and you can just turn it on and off at a click of a button, and it enables you to stay protected whenever you need. If I'm abroad and want to watch certain films or TV shows, I can simply use ExpressVPN, and it allows me to access them. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash WTF1. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash WTF1. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash WTF1. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Lots of lots of comments there, Katie. I won't address all of them. We'll just go straight into someone else's comments. Uh, Tommy's hero uh, that's come out with some absolute tripe uh, at Jahafli. Uh, what do you think about Damon Hill's comments about crashing on purpose when in Silverstone, they immediately brushed off those claims when roles were opposite. There is absolutely no reason Max Verstappen has crashed on purpose into Lewis Hamilton. In my, in my opinion, he is on fresh, warm tires. He wants to get the move done pretty quick, but Okay, Monza is difficult to overtake, but that that's not something that would have come into Max's mind. All in my opinion, he's just gone for a really risky move because it's Max Verstappen. He wants to get past Hamilton so then he can crack on. He's had a terrible pit stop. There is no, you know, I want to wipe out Hamilton because it's it just there was so much left of the race that anything could have happened and Max could have easily beaten Hamilton. But yeah, I, I think that is uh, a bit a bit out there to be honest. Yes, ridiculous, disappointing, obviously, like you say, Damon Hill, massive Damon Hill fanboy and hearing him say stuff like that is... Have you burnt his merch yet? No, not yet. Not like the Man United fans burning the Ronaldo. (laughs) He's going to go to Man City. Um, No, like like they said in the question, so easily could have said the same for Hamilton. We saw in the sprint that 
Hamilton knew that was his only chance to get Verstappen. And you could do the same narrative of saying, well, Hamilton knows that Max will win the race if he doesn't get him at that point. So he might, might just, as well just crash into him. And they're both on even points from before. That is not the case. And this is not the case. You know, if, Ham, if, if Max had launched it over the big sausage curbs from an absolute mile back and, you know, flown over Hamilton's car, you'd have been like, that's a bit dodgy. That was so desperate. But, and this goes back to, again, why I don't think it was a penalty. The move was on. It's not, it's not the most outrageous move. And mm. I don't think anyone would be, like, no one in the world is surprised that Max Verstappen went for that move um, because it was on and he does pull off those type of overtakes on a regular basis. So, yeah, not no way uh, at all that he's that's even crossed his mind. It's just Max Verstappen being Max Verstappen. He's seen the chance to overtake his title rival. He's done it. It's gone wrong, and they've collided. The end. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just a case of Damon Hill trying to stir the pot a little bit, to be honest. Um, generate some interest online and some probably strongly worded tweets at the Sky Sports lot. But yeah, I don't think there is a fibre in my body that thinks that either of those guys did that deliberately. I think hot-headed drivers both had pit stops that didn't go to plan see their title rival on track it's very obvious this is going to be a two horse race for this title and well not if they keep crashing Bottas could win yeah you can't say those sort of things until no. and this is where it all horribly goes wrong and happens in the final race but <laughs> you know I guess Damon Hill's like alluding to you know like the the Schumachers and the Senners but they were done where literally it's the final race of the season. There's so much of the season still to go. So much can change. You know, Max could have legitimately beaten Hamilton in that race. He probably wasn't thinking, oh, this is Mercedes track. I'll just wipe him out. Um, you know, if that's happening in the final race when Max is ahead uh, in the championship, then it's a different story. But, you know, it's not. It's not the case. I think Damon's just scarred, isn't he? Bless him from uh, yes. Shumi turning in on him uh, all those years ago. Uh, we'll, we'll quickly move on from that. And we'll, we'll, <laughs> this next question, we've kind of touched on it a little bit from Steph XN Reese. Do you think Max will ever back out going into a corner? His mentality seems to be you back out or we crash. I think there is tweaks of his mentality maybe where, you know, just doesn't have to happen every single corner, but that's Max Verstappen. That's what makes him so brilliant to watch is that he is not scared to go for a move, but that might be what costs him a world championship at the end of the day. So I think we're all in agreement of that, aren't we? For sure. I mean, we've seen Max can be aggressive with his moves. Um, and also we've seen him try and take, like make passes that realistically there is better opportunities ahead. Like look at Turkey last year perfect example he went for a move he could have easily waited even half a lap and got past but instead he went for the move there and then it went wrong and ruined his race essentially um but that's what makes Max Max this is why he has so many fans and I'm so excited to see what he can bring to Formula One in the future because he is ballsy and sometimes quite unapologetic with the way that he he drives and stuff and there's almost quite like an old school aspect to him in that sense, which a lot of people like and um, support. Yeah, he's never, 
it's just the way Max has driven his whole career. I remember, I think it was after Hamilton maybe was a little bit soft uh, defending from Verstappen a couple of years ago. And I feel like we had a question of, is Max doing his kind of, I'm going to crash into you if you don't get out of the way now. So when he gets into a championship winning car, everyone dives out the way. And I think that is definitely the tactic he has been doing and he still thinks he can do it. But clearly, uh, like we mentioned earlier, I think a lot of other people would have got out of the way, but Lewis Hamilton knows that he's not going to win the championship if he just dives out the way of Max every time he tries an overtaking move on him. So it's not going to happen. <laughs> so yeah, he's not. Max will never change his driving style. No. Um, that is... That is Max. Well, no, I mean, not, not never change it. But. Yeah, naturally it comes to him to be aggressive. But I think as he gets older and he has more and more world championship scenarios, I think he'll learn, If especially if he doesn't win this world title, he'll learn from maybe the mistakes that he made. And- Hamilton was quite, uh, people forget because you look at, look at him now and him being a very mature driver. If you look at 2007, Hamilton, you know, he he was the one that sometimes you know go for these absolutely crazy lunges. Yeah. If you think of um, the the GP two overtake he did, where he went three wide into Maggots and Beckett's, that that's sort of a similar scenario where he's just going in there. You know, it looks amazing because the other two back out, but um, Hamilton has been that that guy as well. Maybe not to the same extent, but Hamilton definitely has matured in that way as well. So. Yeah, It'll be a force we'll to be reckoned with, maybe, uh, when Max becomes the mature. We're not going to see, unfortunately, the Verstappen and Hamilton both being mature and fighting because there's such an age gap. But uh, we move on. Uh, Team WTF1 member Olivia asks, do you think Red Bull will decide that Max should take his inevitable engine penalties in Russia now that he has a grid penalty anyway? Absolutely. One million percent, in my opinion. Red Bull will take the hit. Russia, you can sort of overtake into turn two. It's a bit of a dead track, but you know it should be should be okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, it just knows so. knows the penalty, doesn't it? And mm. you know he's got a chance, even if he starts last, to maybe finish fourth, fifth, sixth, something like that. And it's not exactly a huge for, for this particular occasion. Uh, Perez has to turn up because mm-hmm. you know Perez needs to be right in the mix of that Mercedes, especially if the Red Bull's strong. And they're quicker than Mercedes on outright pace. Perez needs to get so in the won't mix. Be a such a- <laughs> to, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, you never know. And you know, he needs to be in the mix to at least, you know, even if he's behind the Mercedes, if he's ahead of the rest of the field, and then maybe play a few games. You know, oh, oh whoopsie, I've, you know, I've pulled a throttle a little bit. Max, come in. You know, whatever. You know, he needs to play the team game uh, in this particular instance. So, yeah, should be a, should be an interesting one. Yeah, it makes. Makes sense to do that, I think. Easy peasy. Katie, your three-word recipe, please. Mine is, he never left. And that is referring to Daniel Ricciardo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't you, Gibonazzi? Yeah, Daniel Ricciardo, after a challenging start to the season and having his entire reputation questioned, which, I'll be honest, I'm a big Danny Rick fan, but there were points where I was like, have we seen the last Daniel Ricciardo win in Formula One? I know McLaren was a great team, but he really seemed to be struggling in that McLaren. But something about Italy, maybe it was the pizza. Maybe it was just the fact that the McLaren was quite quick there. Probably the, the latter. Um, but he did it. He won a race. And I can't believe it's taken us, what, like 
half an hour into the podcast to talk about the fact that Daniel Ricardo's a race winner again. Yay! Very Not fan girl, me, just passionate. Cool. I'm just freaking yeah, happy to no, see no, him no, back winning nice. again. <laughs> uh, I love how you were like, no, I don't want to see Verstappen and Hamilton crash, but also deep down you're like, yeah, but if they do crash, Daniel Ricardo wins. So yeah, but I think he would have. I still think that he might have won that just without them even coming together because their pit stops yeah. did scupper a lot of it. So. I'm going to stick with the fact that he would have won. Regardless. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very good point, you know, because we saw how difficult it was to overtake at Monza. Um, and, and yeah, yeah, he was in a very good position. I am bamboozled as to where his pace has come from, to be honest, around Italy. He was quicker than Lando all weekend. And we haven't seen that pretty much the entire season. I know Lando had a bit of a shocker at Spain, I think it was, but... Apart from that, he's been outclassed by Lando the entire season. He rocks up to Italy, the one time McLaren get an opportunity to win the race, and he's beaten Lando and taken the victory with a McLaren 1-2. It's just, it's absolutely crazy. Tommy, you've got a smile on your face. Why are you, why are you <laughs> laughing? Just, just the story you're saying. It's oh, just amazing. Just, so wholesome, oh, you're just isn't soaking it, it in. Oh, it's just great. Oh, it's just so great for Formula motion. 1, isn't it? Oh. It is. It really here. is. And... and as much as I love Lando Norris, I said this in Internet Special Reactions, I'm actually glad Daniel Ricciardo won that race. Just purely from a, how much he's been struggling. We've seen such sad shots of him sat on his tyre reflecting, you know, how bad of a race and clearly just couldn't get his head around the McLaren. But, you know, Lando's had such an amazing season. We'll speak about him and how he sort of, you know, managed that whole race as well in a, in a moment. But, yeah, for me, I think Danny Rick needed, needed that victory. Mate... You know, Formula One is a confidence sport a lot of the time. And maybe Italy is going to be the turning point now for, for Danny that he can now. It might just be that this one track suited him really well and he might go back to being slower than Lando afterwards. But at least he can say in the McLaren meetings, whatever, I want a race. There's no sort of probably questions about whether McLaren will, you know, continue this partnership moving forward in the years to come. But yeah, it's uh, it was it was a great moment, wasn't it? It did get to the point where some people online, you know, are even saying, like you say, he's washed up. Pat O'Ward's doing amazing in IndyCar. Maybe it's time to put him in if Dan, Daniel Ricciardo keeps doing that badly. But like you say, once you've got a win, it's like, well, you know, I've won a race when the car's good enough. So there. Um, amazing that we've waited that long for a podium. I mean, questionable whether it's a real podium. If you think of all the people that have got a podium before Danny Rick, Russell, Ocon got a win. Uh, He's the 12th Vettel. podium sitter this year. Yeah. 12th. 12th. Man. And eight of the 10 teams have now finished top two in a race, which is crazy. Uh, mm. Sorry, seven. Um, but yeah, it's mad. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and yeah, he was just he was just faultless. Like you say, what a time. I'm sure Lando did, as kind of mentioned it on Twitter, he conducted himself very well because it could he could have quite easily been a bit sulky and miffed because he's beaten Daniel Ricciardo all year. And the one race where he doesn't is where it's a one, two for McLaren. But I think he knows, you know, McLaren are on the up now. It's almost crazy that it's taken this long for McLaren to win because they have been the third best team, but then uh, for quite a lot of the seasons really. And Every time there's been a crazy race, it's been, you know, Gasly and an Alpha Tower or Ocon and Alpine and McLaren must have been feeling like, oh, when's when why can't we be up there when it's a, a crazy race? Because they're normally the ones that are fifth and sixth on a normal day. So um yeah, it's just awesome that I was the same as you, that 
I love new winners, but I was just buzzing to see Ricardo win that because he really needed it. And hopefully, you know, it's the sign of it turning around for him because it was it was not it's not nice to see, was it? Because you know that he's a good driver. You know, you know, you've seen how good he is. Um, it just wasn't going going right for him. So hopefully it's the turning point. We'll see. We'll see. Ocon's not exactly had any sterling performances since Hungary, but you know, <laughs> like, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I think that it, it certainly will help someone as experienced as Daniel Ricciardo to get out of this slump. So very interesting indeed. Team WTF1 member Connor asks, do you think that this win will kickstart Ricciardo into consistent performances or is it a one-off result? I don't think we'll really know until we go to Russia. Very different circuit to, to Monza. It's difficult. Obviously, I am, you know, of the belief that you know, if your confidence goes up, you're going to perform better. Your mental health feel, you know, you, you feel better in yourself to take that pressure off your shoulders. So, I would expect him to be closer to Lando for the rest of the season after this. But only time will tell. Yeah, I hope so. It's just the the thing is, even if Daniel Ricciardo is now just closer to Lando and on pace with Lando in the races, it's a, an improvement to what it was before. And then he can go into 2022 on a you know, fresh slate, if you like, a, a new kind of chapter. And that that's the thing, isn't it? When we get to next year, almost those excuses of, oh, well, you've been in the car this long or et cetera, go out the window because they're both starting with the team in a new era. Um, so, yeah, I hope this is the, the kickstart he needed to um, get back on track. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we knew that Monza is going to be a good power circuit. Mercedes go quick here. The McLaren has Mercedes in the back of its car. So you'd hope that they'd be fast. But in terms of the actual track itself, like Ricardo has said that he's really struggled with the braking of the McLaren, which is why he's been having so many woes this year. So for a track like Monza, you'd think that this probably wouldn't be one of the tracks that would be like best for his kind of driving style if he is struggling with braking. But he did such a phenomenal job this weekend. Like you say, on Friday, we had qualifying and he looked mega quick in, in that, even like, you know, helping be that uh, toe for, for Lando and stuff like that. He was still setting some pretty quick times himself. Um, and yeah, he's done, done a brilliant job. Um, whether it will, you know, kickstart uh, a revival of Ricardo, I'm not sure. I think there's still a long way to go. Obviously, he didn't win that Grand Prix by luck. You know, he, he earned it himself, but um, I don't think it's going to be a case of like from here on out, he's just going to be getting like podium after podium and stuff because Lando has been an excellent teammate and had some outstanding performances. So I think that will probably continue, but maybe going into 2022, knowing that he can win as well. Like we haven't even mentioned that he's now, I think the 50th driver in F1 history to have won a race with more than one constructor. Um, and that's not something oh, that's been that done. I love a, an odd stat me. Um, but yeah, I think it might even be only Sergio Perez that's managed to do that in the hybrid era. So not a, a bad thing to have achieved, but we'll see. We'll see in Russia. That's another good Mercedes track. So maybe the McLarens will be quick there, but. Perhaps they will. 
we interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about our final sponsor for this episode, LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get to the candidates worth interviewing faster, and it's free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network with over 30 million people in the UK. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster and you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash WTF1. Again, that's linkedin.com slash WTF1 to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Right, let's get back to the podcast. At Hayden J Design, do you think McLaren would have swapped cars if it meant securing the win? I think they, if Lando was clearly quicker, and of course we had, you know, the the Perez's and the, you know, everyone behind, they may have tried. I don't think Daniel Ricciardo's letting anybody through when he's leading the race. I'm not saying that because he's a nasty person or whatever, but imagine going through such turmoil for so long to then be told, let your teammate through for the win. I don't think he's moving an inch to let Lando through. And fair play to him, to be honest, because I can understand why he wouldn't as well. I don't think he'd jeopardise it in the sense of running Lando off the road. And I think Lando even joked about them ending up the same as what Verstappen and Hamilton did if they did actually race. But (laughs) yeah, I don't think Danny Rick's letting uh, Lando through if he gets told. No, he seemed to have quite a sour taste in his mouth uh, after Zamvor, which had some team orders come into play. So Having been in that position, yeah, it, it's difficult to say because these guys, obviously, if you've got a win in front of you and being in Ricardo's shoes, um, he has had this challenging start to the year and he probably wants more than anyone to prove the naysayers wrong. He said yesterday, like when speaking to Channel 4, um, this one is for all the people that have jumped back onto the hype train that have maybe departed this year because of, you know, things not going his way, like welcome back aboard kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's a difficult one. I'm sure Lando, although he's happy, uh, you know, best ever result, one, two for the team. And he said, you know, I'm here long term. I'm here. I'm a McLaren lad. I want this team to do well. So he's thrilled for that. Be a little bit bit in the back of his mind that's thinking, God damn it, like really, I've done so much and I've got on the podium four times this year. And then Daniel Ricardo comes along after struggling all year and takes the first win in you know nine years or whatever it is. Why couldn't that have been me? Um, but he handled himself very maturely. I think uh Tommy, you did a tweet about it yesterday and said how maturely Lando had handled this whole thing, and I, I agree, and that's only going to be good for him. Uh, when it is his turn to take that win in the future. Do you, do you not think that, you know, we've we've seen it, like you said, in, in Zandvoort, and there was another one where, uh, was it Imola, where yeah. Rick let Lando through because he was so much quicker? How different the narrative would have been if Daniel Ricciardo simply didn't have the pace and they had to let... And, and then there are a case of, you know, they could potentially be losing a 1-2. They... 
and then they have to let Lando win. And then Lando's kind of got his first win by team orders and Daniel Ricciardo's mm. annoyed. It would have been such a different narrative of that one too than them being happy in the way they were. I'm, I'm just, thank goodness Daniel Ricciardo did have the pace because mm. yeah. it would have been, I would not want to have been the, the McLaren pit wall if Lando was a second quicker and they had to decide swap the cars or potentially Bottas and Perez are coming through and winning the race and taking this one, two offers. Um, thankfully that didn't happen. It's all theoretical, but oh, it's almost <laughs> not worth imagining <laughs> about because we'd be having a very different conversation. But you don't, and... th- you don't think that Danny would have let them through, do you? No, not, not even if he was, yeah. Even, even if, if he, he was slower, he would have, he would have been like, no chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, I'm glad you're of the same opinion. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of you speaking, Tommy, why don't you speak your three words? Mine is Bottas shows worth. At least and not Bottas shows ass, I suppose. Shows ass, yeah, true. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got the old, I guess, back to the old confidence Bottas where, you know, it's not, he, he can beat Hamilton on his day. We've not seen it for a very long time. Um, and, you know, he had a brilliant qualifying. It feels like a very long time where, where you know, Bottas has been able to beat him. Is faultless in the sprint while Hamilton dropped back, flying through the field, making, you know, amazing overtakes to get through the field. And then was generally just hilarious on the whole podium ceremony and the interview afterwards <laughs> where he was smiling. I mean, that picture where everyone's captioned it, the Clarkson, oh no, anyway, where he's anyway, looking yeah. at the, uh, the uh, Hamilton and Verstappen crashing. Um, you just you just can tell his whole demeanour. He's so much more chilled now he's got his contract sorted for next year. And it's, it's great news for, for Hamilton and Mercedes if he's going to be back up there um, because they're going to need him there. And yeah, just we did see that kind of old Bottas back in terms of being that solid driver that, you know, can beat Hamilton in the qualifying session and go to the front. It's just, (laughs) it's a shame, but I mean, it's amazing that he got a podium in a weekend where essentially he had to start the race last. So yeah, credit to him. It was, it was a, it was a very good performance from Bottas. uh, Something that we haven't seen pretty much all year. Uh, and as you say, it's the old Bottas where occasionally he'll get a pole position and maybe a victory. Um, so, I mean, going into Russia, old Valtteri might be uh, fancying his chances once again as well. But I guess the only reason Until he was allowed <laughs> to shine was because Hamilton was was out of place. But yeah, it's it's an interesting one. As you say, it's almost as if they need to fire Bottas and then sign him on the last day and then fire him <laughs> at the start of the season and then rehire him right at the end again. And then you just get the best of Bottas all the time. But it, it, you can see, you can see that the weight has literally gone off of him now. And it's it's nice to see, to be honest, because you could, it must be such a stressful thing to be a Mercedes Formula One driver, uh, especially when maybe you're not performing as well. You don't get as great headlines. You know, you get Bottas bashing from people like us. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really nice to see him thriving now and as you say could really be a weapon uh, for Mercedes moving forward for the rest of the season and you know then Alfa Romeo next year he can just have a bit of fun it's almost like 
the place you go to retire where Kimi Raikkonen was and then Bottas is going to pop there as well and have a bit of fun maybe I don't know but will he keep up for the rest of the season that's the question from Mand Kipps uh, Bottas's pace was incredible this weekend can he keep it up maybe I think so it, it, it could well I mean we're going into Russia where that certainly is going to happen um, but uh, were you impressed Katie from of Bottas I was I was um, very happy to see not necessarily old Bottas because Bottas has always had moments of brilliance which is why he got that Mercedes drive um, but you know undoubtedly we've seen that either the confidence has been knocked or something along those lines, which means that he's not performing at his usual self, especially this season. Um, And, you know, nobody really likes to see a driver not really looking like they're having, having a great time and not being in a great mental space, which is something that I thought that Valtteri looked like he had been um, up until the alpha announcement. Um, So yeah, fantastic drive from him. My driver of the weekend, without a doubt, I know, Ricardo fans might not be too happy to hear that, but what I know, but I think you yeah, but Bottas over Ricardo. He he dominated Quali. He won the sprint, which I know isn't exactly F one already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then to come from the back of the grid through no fault of his own. It's not like he crashed and had to get a new gearbox and start from the back that way. Like he literally had to take an engine penalty and to fight his way through the grid um, in on a circuit that's been notoriously difficult to overtake in all weekend and to get on the podium. I know, yes, probably wouldn't have been there had Verstappen and uh, Hamilton not had their little, little incident. Um, <laughs> little but- mounting. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I thought he did a bloody brilliant job and we should celebrate these good days more. And I'll be honest, when, Matt, you put Bottas in your top five for the race for your prediction, I was like, what is Matt on? This is not going to happen. See, I believed. I okay, believed okay well Bottas. done you. you going to start last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe in him. Yeah, it's all yeah, good. I thought he did a good job. Well, no, he did. He did do a very good job. Um, we'll get on to who we think thought did a better job in ABCD F1 very shortly. Uh, Team WTF1 member Lev's F1. Was it a mistake on the part of the FIA to pick Monza as a sprint quality testing ground, given the poor overtaking opportunities beyond lap one? Uh, maybe. I guess the problem <laughs> was is that all these teams were running such skinny rear wings that they basically all had DRS anyway without it even, you know, you could see that the slit was already open pretty much from how they were running the the back of the the rear wing. So clearly, yeah, the overtaking opportunities were were difficult. Are they trying it so that sprint quality only works on overtaking tracks or are they just trying to test to see if it spices up any of the action at any track? I don't know. I think they probably thought Mons would be a good overtaking track because it's not though is it <laughs> no but it's yeah. difficult especially it's in DRS trains you, you would you would think on paper it's a good overtaking track but when you get stuck in a DRS train it's a Actually different story woeful yeah <laughs> like, but yet we really still get amazing bad. races around there I mean you, you get think of the last three winners at, at Monza is Leclerc Gasly and Ricardo because the because basically you can't overtake almost made mm-hmm. the racing good because like mm. you had that shuffle of the pack and then the, the people couldn't get through i mean yeah you're right on paper monza seems like the perfect race like massive long straights but you just 
end up in a DRS train. I mean, the sprint was a perfect example that mm. what were um Verstappen and Bottas were what 10 seconds clear uh, yeah, in the sprint, easily, yeah. and Hamilton couldn't even attempt to pass on Lando. So yeah. it showed that you know he he was at least a second a lap quicker and couldn't even didn't even have a chance. Um I my um view on the sprint almost changed constantly and it's i think you said this on twitter matt like i've never other than hamilton and verstappen and whose fault it was i've never seen like the fans more polar split it's almost like you absolutely love it or you absolutely hate it and Um, you're a disgusting human being yeah yeah exactly (laughs) Um, because because at silverstone we were there so this was our first experience of like being at home and you you get the opposite to a qualifying session where the excitement is all at the start mm. and then maybe it gets a bit flat at the end and I must admit when it finished I was like yeah this maybe could do with a bit of tweaking it's not perfect um it's still cool I, I know Lando said in an interview maybe we need a hyper soft tire because we've seen that these cars rely on degradation so much for actual overtaking that maybe if there's tire wear involved but i mean they said you know they could so easily just run the whole race without any tire problems um that of course it's going to be a procession the first 20 laps of the race were pretty much a procession weren't they until the chaos of the pit stops um but then that's the second time in a row that we've had a sprint and the race has been an absolute banger so (laughs) mainly because hamilton and verstappen are like crash yeah yeah we're gonna crash one second <laughs> and it could be a coincidence or it could be that you've had this sprint we've had a, a little test run the grid is maybe mixed a little bit um from the session hamilton's further down i don't know it's not perfect but um yeah it's a difficult one i, th- I think it will work i think the format will work next year when the cars when can, can follow <laughs> and you can overtake and a sprint race, I think then could be very exciting, but you know, as we've already alluded to Monza is a very difficult place to overtake. And as soon as it's about to get interesting, i.e. the pit stops, the race ends and mm. the sprint race is over. So I'm willing for it to be tried again next year. I don't want it to happen many times, but I'm also a fan of F1 trying things. So yeah, I'm always happy for F1 to try new things because otherwise the sport will become stagnant and it keeps things interesting. But I would like it more if it didn't decide the official qualifying. Like for me, pole is whoever has gone quickest in like a normal quality. Not oh, can I just? Who? Sorry, Casey. Can <laughs> there? Oh my god! How has how has Russell <laughs> lost his streak through a flipping yeah. sprint race? I'm this sorry. I mean. Essentially, he lost his qualifying record because he made a bad start. Yeah, yeah. the OCD yeah. in me is like, but he out-qualified him. But this but- is exactly what happened in Silverstone yeah. with um, Christian Horner being like, yeah, well, you know, because that's exactly what it's like. Um, you know, we've um, ended this Mercedes dominance in qualifying because we're on pole. And I'm like, you're not on pole. You beat him in a little mini race. You're not on they pole. Didn't, well, they didn't even beat <laughs> really, him. Really angered me. Yeah. That is the weirdest stat ever that Max Verstappen has a pole position to his name for finishing second in a race. So he gets pole position. So Bottas doesn't get the pole position. No, he is. Max Verstappen gets the pole position to his name. He has an extra pole position. Like, that's an extra... Because Bottas had a penalty. Yeah. But he won. 
that. Yeah, but it, Hamilton is it's it's the same it's as um, I can think of. Maldonado has a pole, but technically, Start, so yeah, he yeah. you know he he qualified second. But Hamilton had a penalty, and then Schumacher. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say I was going to mention Schumacher one. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would like that it was if. A pole. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sixty-nine um, pole positions. Sorry, Karen. Yeah. That's that's okay. I, I get you're passionate about this, so I won't step on your toes. <laughs> um, but I think sprint has potential. Put sprint on a Friday, do reverse grid or something like that, and have it so it's its own thing. I don't like the fact that it interferes with the race on a Sunday. Having said that, without the sprint. Would we have had Ricardo front row? No, probably nope. not. Would we have Ricardo win? Maybe not. Would Hamilton so have won it, the race easily from pole? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it, it has done good things in that it's causing to shake up. But like in exactly what you guys said, the first two laps of the sprint are exciting. And then all the hype sort of dies down and just becomes a bit of follow the leader apart from maybe Fernando Alonso doing Fernando Alonso things and trying to overtake like three cars in one corner or something. Um, and although it's not confirmed where the next one, the final one of the season will be, if we go to Interlagos, it's looking very likely that the sprint will be there. But once again, look at previous years we've been racing there. The first two laps are normally fairly eventful. And then it's literally just processional until we get the pit stops in like lap 18, 19, 20. And it's going to be exactly the same. Like, just do a two-lap sprint like we had in Baku. It'll be fine. <laughs> I think a sp- I think a sprint would work really well in changeable conditions. I think that's where yeah. sprint comes into its own, where you've got drivers sprinklers. that could risk it on a certain tire, stay out, not pit, all that good you stuff. You almost I- want the jeopardy of the fact that you could risk a pit stop. Yeah. And it, and it pay off because you've got such an advantage. Thinking... Um, was that race in F2 where Charles Leclerc made that extra pit stop and went all the way to Bahrain. 17th and then yeah. came through? You, you almost want that in the sprint race for the excitement where you don't need to pit, but it's that fine balance between you could pit and it might work mm. out or or you could start on a really super, 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 super soft tire. A super, 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 exactly. super, super That's soft what you tire. need, like... One Finished that up is going to disintegrate, <laughs> but off the line, she's yeah, gone. Quicker. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. maybe maybe not that gimmicky, Tommy. But I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's gimmicks. Cool. Embrace, Tommy embrace likes gimmicky gimmicks. though. Embrace, embrace the yeah. Right, Tommy, press the button for ABCDF1, please. Now it's time for ABCDF1. Okay. Right. Remember, you can vote too on the ABCDF1 poll. Visit WTF1.com after the race and you can vote too. Lovely. Let's dive straight in. Katie's got a notepad out by the looks yeah, of Yeah, I'm trying to find got... where I put it in my notepad. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> wow. the notes. Okay, this is going to be interesting. interesting. No, no, no. It, I'll just say them and then I'll leave. <laughs> let's, and then I'll leave. Okay. Uh, let's right. start with Lewis Hamilton, shall we? Uh, B. C. <laughs> I've written these down because I didn't want to get influenced by your decisions, but I don't think they're going to be popular. Go on then. I gave Lewis Hamilton a D for his yeah. okay, involvement in the incident. <laughs> <laughs> Outqualified by Bottas. Was that qualified? Left the start, ruined his race. Sprint. He was in a car that should have easily won from pole. 
It's almost like I, I was yeah. I was questioning whether it'd be a, a D as well, but then I'm I am I giving that because of Hamilton's high standards or whether it was actually a D performance. So it's it's tricky. Mm. Yeah, I just didn't think he was that bad in the race until obviously the crash. Obviously, he had a slow pit stop and, you know, had made up a decent, or had made up a position on Norris on the hard tyres. They'd gone for a different strategy. He was going to come the on move. the mediums. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, it doesn't matter anyway, because it would be a C for Hamilton if we're going down the middle anyway. So <laughs> a C from us, and the fans gave Hamilton a B. Uh, Valtteri Bottas? A star. A. See, I'm glad you said it, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Because, right, he was brilliant and he was robbed of a win. Oh, he was robbed of a win because of his penalty, but I can't, mm. I know this is really ironic because they crashed, but I can't help but think a more aggressive driver would have got Perez and then gone after the victory. And that's you, that's my thinking and, and it's you've got to think on mediums that, as well yeah, it's his only that that could legitimately be because hamilton was out the the race his only chance to win a formula one race again and he didn't make a loan like in my head i'm not a racing driver but i i would have seen like this is my victory here i at least have to go for it what's third i'm leaving mercedes doesn't matter don't care about third this is my chance to win a Formula One race again. Yeah. That's why I can't push him up to A star. I've got to give him an A star because of how I've graded his other performances throughout the year. And for me, this was his best performance in the whole year by a mile. And I've given him A's for finishing third in a race that he should have won and not started from the back. So I'm giving him that extra. A half a star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, up. it's it's so close to an A star, but I'm of the same opinion of Tom as Tommy, and yeah, he is in a Mercedes. Okay. And yeah, okay, God, I can't wait for the comments. Uh, <laughs> the fans gave Bottas an A star. Uh, Verstappen, God, <laughs> I've gone for C. Yeah, I was thinking C as well. No, yeah, I'm definitely giving Hamilton a C if I'm giving Verstappen a C because I think they are on par. So, yeah, I've given Verstappen a D for the same reason that I gave Jeez. Hamilton a D. Jeez, no wonder you got your your sassy notepad out. Jeez, uh, the fans gave Verstappen a B. So clearly, we are just grumpy, We're grumpy F1 again. fans. Um, Sergio Perez, I went for a C. He didn't set the world alight. I, my logic behind Perez is exactly this kind of thing I'd have said about Albon last year, where the two, tight, the two title rivals are out, Bottas is starting last, and you're still finishing fifth. And he gets a penalty for something that could have been easily yeah. avoided. So, yeah. It's, it's almost a, maybe almost a B, but not. It's better than Verstappen, but it's still a C, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think I think so. Yeah, because he had a poor qualifying as well, didn't he? Um, which uh, what was it? he? Yeah, started eighth. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a C. It's a C. Ha! Can't wait for the comments again. Uh, Lando Norris, <laughs> A star. A star. 
Oh, Jesus. Tommy does not want to give you uh, a star out today. Is it a new star when he got beat by his teammate, but he was brilliant? Hmm. Um, yes, I think he scrapes an A star. I think purely for the move on Charlotte. We're giving him an A star for getting a third and then, yeah. Yeah, I think think so. I think, yeah, I'm now just like, oh, does Bottas just have an A star? Oh, I'm sorry, Bottas. I'll come back to that. (laughs) I might change my mind. Okay. Um, (laughs) Daniel Ricciardo, obviously. Oh, sorry. The fans gave Lando Norris an A star as well. Daniel Ricciardo, A star. We can move on very quickly from that. The fans also gave him an A star. Charles Leclerc said it was one of his top five performances in Formula One. The bloke loves saying that. I swear he says it maybe every six I, I think he says it every week, says, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure it's my top five uh, performance in Formula One. I love how he just kind of gives himself a little like pat on the back, like yeah, my top five, well done. It's uh, either the best race ever or this has been the worst race of my career. Yeah. There's no in-between for Charles. <laughs> I think it's an A for Charles. He outclassed signs. It's definitely an A, yeah. Mm, yeah, I've gone for an A. Yeah, yeah. You think I mean, that Ferrari I think was... he needs like level with Bottas for me. I think it's really good. He's hey, yeah. genuinely upset with that comment. <laughs> <It's really> <laughs> <laughs> I, I look so disgusted. I was like, oh god. That's <laughs> no, cool. Yeah, yeah. A. yeah a. a, a. Okay. Carlos signs B. Yeah. Decent recovery in the end. Oh, the fans gave Leclerc an A. I don't know if I said that or not. Uh, Carlos signs B. B. I have gone for a C for Carlos. Whoa. Did a good good race. Whoa. But this is like the fourth time that he's had a big crash right at an important part of the weekend. He's very lucky Ferrari got that car ready. Yeah, he's (laughs) so lucky. Yeah, I think commentary was saying about how they... I think it was probably Paul DeResta actually was put, that was saying about, you know, how he's maybe overdriving the car, pushing a bit too hard at the moment and all that stuff because of... I guess being in Italy and also maybe feeling the pressure from Leclerc, maybe. Um, but I think still, where did he finish? Seventh? Sixth. Sixth. Good yeah, sixth. Yeah. I think it's a B. It's a good result, but two of the title protagonists did crash out. So it probably would have been eighth. Katie's notebook. Uh, I've, I've gone for B. Okay. Uh, the fans gave signs a B. Sebastian Vettel. What did Sebastian Vettel do? I know. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing other than get punted by Ocon is the only thing I. Oh, and Stroll gave him the. Yeah, the did you see the start with Stroll? Into Lesmo oh, 1. Was that like, was. Uh, oh, yeah. Very rude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, C. Yeah, just. Yeah, C. Yeah. Katie, yeah? No? I've gone for. See, on my, pe- on my notebook, I've written a D because that was one of the most, like, Vettel just seemed to disappear. It was a very disappointing weekend mm. for him. Like we've seen that those Mercedes power cars are quick round here and he didn't make the most of it at all. I know that he had some bad luck with certain things during the race, but, you know, we'll, we'll go on to Stroll, but what Stroll managed to do in finishing, I think it was seventh, like it was, proved yeah. that he could have, was potential to should have got a, a point a bit more oh yeah it's a low c so I've, yeah i've gone for a really low sleeve low that wasn't even a word low, <laughs> low sleeve low, <laughs> low c slash d okay but which one is it i'll go for a d there we go we're being sassy <laughs> doesn't matter me and tommy said c yeah <laughs> uh the fans gave vettel a c uh lance stroll i am giving him uh, an a 
definitely an A. That's a B from Katie. <laughs> That's a C from Katie, I reckon. I'm beginning to wonder if we watched the same race. I went for a B for Stroll. He finished seventh. What a hero. He beat Alonso, Russell, Ocon, Latifi, Vettel, yeah. Jordan, that's a cubit. Okay, Shumaker. we'll go Latifi, for a... Come on. Okay. Yeah. We'll go for an A. <laughs> I think a P7 and Aston Martin, when they've clearly been struggling, I, I can't I can't give that a B. Yeah, you should how... finish like ninth, maybe, but... Oh, my word. I've just seen what the fans have given him. Seven. Yeah. What have their fans given him? The fans him? have given him a C. Same as Vettel. Which is Oh, absolute, yeah, see, this is what I mean. It's not disgusting. the same. That's an absolute disgrace. Did we watch the same uh, race as what the fans have seen? But <laughs> I'm giving him an A, straight up. Yeah, same. I'm going to stick with my B. I'm going to okay. go with what I wrote on my piece of paper last night. I'm sticking you with stick to your notebook. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, the fans gave Stroll a C, which is crazy. Uh, Gasly, wor- worst weekend ever, Alpha Tauri in general. Mm. Yeah. D. I mean, D? Yeah, great quality, but... Um, Crashed into the back of Ricardo. Yeah, exactly. And then, how did he DNF the race again? I can't even remember. Uh, yeah, what did happen? <laughs> uh, did he even start? Does anyone remember? Bit oh, uh, yeah. Started from no. the pits after a system problem, uh, and then it was. Then they found it again during oh, the race. So they just problem, brought it yeah, They just retired the car. But yeah, I don't remember even seeing I have that. To, but... I have to grade him on, essentially what he did in the sprint which was take off his front wing and go off in mm. a very risky race um, i'm gonna go with c for gasly that is yeah what's the I notebook think... say katie just what's the notebook say i feel like last night katie <laughs> was giving one grade below for every single one i gave i i'm giving him a d yeah i think quality performance friday quality was Brilliant, as per, come to expect nothing less from Gasly, but that's the second time this season that he's lost a front wing on, like, the first lap of something. Happened in Bahrain. It's happened here. You can't be doing that because it ruins your whole weekend. And I'm going to give... I can't even remember what I gave Perez for Silverstone, who kind of did the same thing and just ruined his whole weekend from a little accident in Sprint. So, yeah... Oh, I don't. Did you I'm going to Gasly's... give him a C because Sonoda did way worse. <laughs> Fair. But you did you read Gasly's uh, sassy comment to no? French TV about Perez? No. What did he say? Still he said something, al- said something along the lines of, actually, let me find the exact quote. And you, um, okay. So, Katie, you... you went with a C for Gasly, is that right? I did, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. I feel like I maybe should give him a D now because I'm pretty sure I give Perez an E when we did Silverstone and he crashed into the back. Uh, into the crash. yeah. So I'm going to go with D uh, for Gasly. Um, okay. Uh, and the fans gave him a C. Yuki Sonoda. What a weekend. Yikes. Mm. Big right, yikes. Thank you, pre- one again. Most predictable thing ever. <laughs> anyway, this was Gasly's quote about Perez, um, about him getting re signed to Red Bull. Uh, to sign again and to be out of Q1, finish one lap behind your teammate and to be elected best driver of the race. Yes, that's frustrating, especially when I finished P4 in a super, uh, sorry, an inferior car. He was laying in. When was that from? Uh, after Zandvoort. I was going to say, I don't remember. Paris and then he crashed. <laughs> and then he crashed, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so back to Sonoda. So it's P. getting pretty dire now, isn't it, really? Um, yet 
predictable. <laughs> because, I can't get. Yeah, he just his, his car wasn't ready for the start of the race. Is that right? His car no. was just it broke, didn't it? At yeah. The start. Um, but <laughs> so you have to base it on quality, which quality, which was horrific. So I'm going to give him an E. Mm. <laughs> Either of you yes. talk or... I, I said D, but I've said D on my sheet. Okay. I think, oh. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The fans gave Sonoda a D. Fernando Alonso, uh, he finished a P8, continues his point scoring streak, which he loves to remind everybody on Twitter every single race weekend that he's still <laughs> doing point scoring and uh, patting himself on the back as well. I think it's a B for Fernando Alonso. The Alpine wasn't that great, but I think he did a very good job. He did, yeah. Hey. Get him in a good car. Have good we agreed car. on one? Yeah, I think we have. And the fans gave him a B as well, so we all agree. <laughs> Esteban Ocon finished P10, was a bit disappointed, thought he could finish P7, but didn't work out for him. He got beaten by Alonso, it's going to have to be a C. Yeah, scrapes a C for me. Okay, and the fans gave him a C as well, lovely. Robert Kubica finished P14. Um, I am going to give him a B. Yeah, same. It's not that far off Giovinazzi. I know Giovinazzi had a problem. A problem being in the wall. (laughs) Just a minor issue. Yeah. And also, he now, he goes ahead of Mazepin in the title. So Mazepin is now 21st in a 20-driver championship. Yeah, I saw that doing the the rounds a lot. But yeah, I mean, Kibitza kind of alluded to it, and it looks like Kimmy's back. But what a nicer way for him to finish Mm -hmm. off his F1 career with those two, like, I think very solid drives. Yeah, I agree. And also, now we've seen how good George Russell is. I don't think you can like judge him too harsh on what he did at Williams because let's be honest, like Russell's wiped the floor with Latifi as well and beaten him in qualifying every race apart from sprints. Um, so yeah, fair play to Kubica. Fair play, fair play to Kubica. Uh, the fans gave him a C, which I think is a bit harsh. Uh, Giovinazzi. So disappointing. It's going to have to be a C from me. What did I give Gasly? D. D? Yeah, D. D as well for Giovinazzi. Mm. His fault. Ruined. Uh, It's it's such a shame because that was the race. That was his race to finish like P6 and finally he's done something and Mm. he turns in on science in my opinion and for no reason. Yeah, I just didn't see him, I don't think. Really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it is a D then. Okay, no, I've changed my mind. <laughs> uh, Katie? Yeah, I think I've got to go. See, my notepad says C for Kubica and C for Giovinazzi. And I know that that's a bit of an unpopular opinion. <laughs> but like you say, Kubica's was a solid drive. Didn't do anything to really set the world on fire. But then... I do appreciate that this is only a second race in that car. And would Kimi have done any better? Honestly, I don't know with the way Kimi's season is going. So, um, but Giovinazzi, wouldn't you give him a higher grade because he did well in quali, but then he did undo all of his hard work in the race, which for me evens out to be a C. But I know that, as we say every time, qualifying doesn't get you points. It's the race that gets the points. What did you give Gasly? C, D. I think I gave Gasly a C. But then he did have mm-hmm. car issues, so that's why I couldn't mm-hmm. continue. Whereas Giovinazzi 
binned it and could still continue, but didn't do much. Okay. Uh, good. Okay. So uh, I don't even remember what we graded. So, but anyway, the manuscript of Jovanazzi is C. And uh, I think we've given him a D because me and Tommy both said D. Uh, George Russell. George Russell finished P9. Some more points for the Williams. Lovely jubbly. It is an A. Has to be. Uh, it has to be an A. No. Lucky. He made all his moves. He made all his overtakes behind the safety car. Latifi would have beaten him if it wasn't for the safety car. B it is then. Okay. I mean, fine. You've been clearly analysing George Russell's uh, race more than more than I have. He jumped everyone in the safety car. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. no, no, fair enough. Actually, I do yeah. remember now Latifi's <laughs> comments about the fact that uh, he lost out in the safety car and would have was ahead of George and whatever. So, um, okay. All right. We'll give uh, we'll give I'll give Russell a B. Uh, Katie, what's yours? Yeah. I'm giving Russell a B as well. Imagine giving Russell seems a B. Seems ludicrous getting points, doesn't it? In a Williams. Yeah, that's true. He gets one podium comes, and all of a sudden Tommy's all cranky. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, right. So, uh, and the fans gave George Russell a name. Uh, so it wasn't just me that tried to do it and then changed my mind. Uh, Nicholas Latifi, are we giving him an A then? Um, a B the same If grade. he was beating uh, George Russell? No, because I think it's a high B still. I want to give Latifi an A if he was beating George Russell on, pe- on pure merit because he hasn't done it pretty much all year and to lose out on the safety car disappointing so uh, A for me B for you B for you Katie as well oh, I tried Nicholas yeah. I know you're an avid listener <laughs> uh, the fans gave Latifi a B Nikita Mazepin did he he uh, what he spun around his teammate didn't he uh, yeah retired from the race so I admit I'm it was gonna... his fault that, did you, have you watched his onboard yet it was very ambitious I haven't actually, no. I've very seen far back. Board. If Max had done that on Lewis, then I would be saying he'd done it on purpose, basically, because he mm. was very far back. Okay. Um, so taking out your teammate, not ideal. I'm going to go with an E. Yeah. I'm for an E as well. Yeah, I think okay. so. The fans gave him an F. Shock. No. And finally, Mick Schumacher obviously just had a, was in a house and had that shocking spin. It's a C. I've gone for a D for Schumacher. Yeah, D had a bit of a, a bump on his his idol Vettel, didn't he? Oh, he um, did. Yes. No, I mean, I forgot that. So many things happened yeah, no, in this Grand Prix. I'm downgrading again. Yeah. Sorry if this is annoying people listening, but <laughs> Tommy is the people uh, trying to make the charts are like, what is that doing? <laughs> what are you doing? All right. So D. So that means we give Schumacher a D, and the fans gave him a C. Predictions for the Italian Grand Prix. Oh, geez, I just remembered. Damn, oh, I'm good. Okay, so I went for a Norris podium. You're welcome. And at least four DNFs. You're welcome times two. <laughs> Give me two points. Oh, that is a banger. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot how incredible I was. Okay, <laughs> uh, Mine not quite so incredible. Every car starts on the same tyres for the race. Didn't happen, thank goodness. And uh, Alonso top five in the race. Didn't happen, unfortunately. Well done, Tommy. Zero points. And Katie, your two. We'll go through these quickly. Strong top five finish in the Claire front row sprint quality race. Cool. Let's go to the fan ones. Let me just remind yeah. myself. So no, no, I got I two, Tommy got the zero, and Katie got zero. Love to be fair, you, the fan, The fans ones are an absolute world. Okay, Levicious X. Verstappen won't qualify in the top three for the first time this season. That was incorrect. Uh, 
at MXRKEN underscore. New winner this season. Fair play. Fair hey. play for that one. Hey. hey. And Edek GB with Ricardo Beats Norris. I feel like the yeah, last time did. we had a, the fan prediction of new winner this season was, was when Press won. Yeah, it was. In, yeah, uh, wow, wow, wow. In, uh, by the, when Press won, I mean last year in, in the uh, racing point. Unbelievable scenes. scenes. So myself and the fans both scored two points, and Tommy and Katie scored none. Okay, uh, predictions for the. <laughs> I get accused of being too boring, and I went too far the other way. No, to be fair. Mine was Speaking of boring, Matt, your prediction for Russian. <laughs> oh, Tommy, I love it. Jeez. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so mine too are Bottas on pole. That is not, I mean, oh, I know he likes no Russia. Way. You had He's... to go at me for saying Verstappen on pole at Zambor. Yes, Bottas hasn't had a pole this whole, technically this whole year, has he? He literally just had one this no, weekend. No, not technically. Not technically. Oh, dear. thank you. Check the, check the statistics. I hate the sprint. I hate it. What about the other twelve rounds? Did we have? Have we had a Bottas pole? Yeah. When? Portugal. Oh, have we? Bottas pole position twenty twenty one. I really freaking hope this is right. You just collect. Not getting blah, blah, blah. Bottas on bo- yeah, no, Bottas was on pole for Portugal. Okay, one. Oh, one out of 12. What did he do? It's and still- Bahrain. Right oh, no, sorry, that's right. fast. My bad. <laughs> yeah, so actually for percentage plays here, that's less than 10%. <laughs> Quick maths of one out of 12, so less than 10. And Kimi <laughs> out-qualifies Antonio. That's not boring. Kimi hasn't out-qualified a Leaf this year. So... <laughs> <laughs> There you go. There's my two. Tommy. I've gone for Verstappen in the top five. All right. So you're trying to anti-jinx yourself. So we win about three laps. Cool. <laughs> and two Max and a McLaren on the podium. So can I just confirm, please, for the terms and conditions uh, when we get into it uh, in a couple of weeks' time? Uh, not in top five, in the race, qualifying, practice. Can we get mm. a clarification, please? In the race. Okay. Perfect. Katie. Okay. I've gone for some track limits controversy. And oh. I've gone for the old podcast favourite. Stroll out qualifies Vettel, which wow. is normally Matt's one. And I get commissioned for that. Track limits controversy. You do is that get commissioned. Be... <laughs> yeah, can we get how... some clarification, please? Track limits controversy. How s- everyone realizes how stupid turn two is again, and mm. everyone goes off. And a lot of lap times that... deleted. A lot yeah. of lap times. Okay. They'll put, that, they'll put that stupid uh, barrier. I can't in give numbers at this through. point. <laughs> uh, and the fans, Ruben GNW says Hamilton wins by passing Bottas under team orders. That's basically one point then. One point. Yeah. S. Marconzo, Alonso podium, and Corvaxel, Checo podium. So with those three, potentially not going to happen. We're not going to get a fan uh, clean sweep unless Bottas lets Hamilton through for P3. And then Hamilton then goes on to win by passing Alonso and Checo. So <laughs> could happen. Could happen. Uh, 2021 see. is throwing all sorts of curveballs this year. You so. never know. That's amazing. Now I've actually got a very interesting question. Um, Katie, final, final thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> um, Final thoughts. Thank God the triple head is done. I'm freaking exhausted. But yeah. I get to spend t- time with you guys on Wednesday. For the Team WCF on track day. Yeah. So I'm going to get to see you again. Yay. And Tommy. Yay, Sochi. <laughs> Jesus, you can um, tell you're at the end of a triple header, can't you? No, the triple <laughs> header was, was very cool. But yeah, it's, oh, wow, such a shame. Sochi. Maybe I saw in the chat someone saying Sochi will, will do a France and surprises. 
that would be the biggest surprise of 2021 for me. Mm. Forget yeah. McLaren 1-2, forget Ocon winning. If Sochi's Sochi good, having more than two overtakes. If Sochi's good, 2021 is oh, I thought you were going to be like, if Sochi's good, I will do X. <laughs> I won't. I'll get a tattoo of Sochi's track layout on my forehead. <laughs> Vladimir Putin on my left cheek. <laughs> yeah. Lovely stuff. Tommy, Katie, thank you so much for joining me once again. Thank you to Team WTF1 members joining us live for this podcast as well. And uh, use the hashtag WTF1 podcast if you want to get involved uh, in future comments, stuff like that. And that's pretty much it. We're now going to enjoy a week away from Formula One before we then dive back into the Russian Grand Prix, where I'm sure everyone's going to be very excited about Sochi. Can't wait. Uh, Well, the only person will be Bottas. Let's be real here. And that's it. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) It was such a blunt That was very... Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Ow. Frank. (laughs) He knew. <laughs> he did. He had to say bye. The and he came second in. is. Uh, oh, honey, he's so sweet. I we need Frank. to do the whose fault it was. Your edition. Yep. Do Come I get Frank cuddles on Wednesday? Come on, then, mate. Oh, he's coming up. Come on, it's your time to be quizzed. Your time to whose shine. fault it was. Remember last time it was Katie's fault. Yeah. Thanks. <sighs> okay. If here you we did go. this again, Frank, we're no longer okay. Frank Specklebottom. Welcome. <laughs> Oh, Ooh. he's already oh, done he's already it. Okay, so he, know, he knows. He knows okay, what to so, do. Okay. Was it Max Verstappen's fault, yawn? Was it Lewis Hamilton's fault? Oh, <laughs> good boy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's British, not going on social. <laughs> British non-bias. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs>